Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer books, TV shows, movies, and more. I'm Chris Bright, a contemporary romance writer with almost 20 books and novellas about women loving women, and I'm expanding that later this spring with my next book forever. Yeah, you are. And I am Tara Scott. I review queer women's fiction at the Lesbian Review, Lambda Literary, and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. So if you need more recommendations than what you get just in this show, you can go hit me up for reviews at all those places. If you would like to support our show, we do have a link to Kofi in our show notes. It's a site where people can support the favorite content creators like us. Absolutely no pressure. If you know, if you're interested, that's amazing. If you're not, that's cool too. You can always also just tell a friend who needs a queer book or TV show or video game in their life. Something Chris and I are especially excited about is that this weekend, we've been talking about this for a couple episodes now, but this weekend, the time is now it is coming. It is the lesbian reviews, sexy reads event. It is running from February 18th to 20th. You can still go get tickets over on the lesbian reviews website. We are both participating. We are each participating in a panel and I am most excited. We are live recording a bonus episode of Queerly Recommended as part of the event. We've never recorded a live episode before where people watch us. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I uh, might actually like do something with my mop of hair and not wear a hoodie. Maybe. maybe I'll I'll prob- I will probably wear a hoodie. Well, maybe I won't. Who's to say anything know, can happen? Right? Will I iron a shirt? <laughs> shirt? What's that? It's got to be a pullover. <laughs> I'm at the pullover stage of this pandemic. <laughs> you're doing, you're doing great. And so if you want to be a part of that and we're actually going to do it so that there's a chance for people to live ask us questions Ooh. while we're recording that, definitely please make sure to sign up for that. We can't wait to see some of you all there. The link is in the show notes to where you can learn more about the event overall and where you can get your ticket. Will we actually be able to see our attendees? Do you know? Do you know if it's going to be like a massive Zoom? I say uh, massive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I think it's just, I, I believe it's going to be a Zoom room. And so we'll be asking people to submit their questions via the chat. And then we'll have time at the end of the session uh, where we'll be able to answer them all. But yeah, if you folks show up and if you turn on your camera we'll be able to see all your cute little smiling faces which would be pretty great pets bring your pets because oh yeah bring your pets bring your pets i mean i won't but you all should (laughs) yes we want to see other people's pets yeah i'm not bringing a geriatric dog (laughs) i know my crippled dog i hold her up high you know she's just not she's not gonna be happy with me no no so Chris, yes. what have you been reading or watching lately? Okay, so I was on a Survivor Australia kick. I watched Contenders versus Champions. I finished that up and then I rolled right into All Stars. Mm-hmm. So it's like season four and season five because they were only available. Like they just dropped seasons one, two, and three on Paramount Plus. But I mean, I already know like who won those. So do I want to watch them now? Um, so, <laughs> so and I guess they have a new season that dropped or, you know, they're, it's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So I think I could probably Google it or maybe look at Netflix. I'm not quite sure where I could find it. I'll have to look, but I'll probably try to get that started. I'm not even going to talk about NFL. <laughs> oh, come on. Fuck. So, oh. <laughs> so are you just, are you skipping the Super Bowl? Is the Super Bowl dead to you this year? 
Super Bowl is dead to me. It, it's already long gone since, <laughs> since this uh, podcast. So I'm not even going to watch it. I didn't watch it. How about that? When and is when it is, is actually the day we are recording this. It is tonight. Oh, is it happening today? Oh, yeah. you're, you're boycotting it, spending that time with me. I'm, well, you know, I'm not really boycotting <laughs> it. Just like, just didn't give a shit about the teams that won. But yeah. I just, you know, and I used to watch the uh, Super Bowl because of the commercials. Like, that's what everybody mm-hmm. says. But the commercials are always leaked early now. And so you can just go and Google yeah. 2022 Super Bowl commercials. And I can see them all, like, in 18 minutes. And I don't even have to waste four hours of my night. Yeah. You can go watch all the crypto commercials on YouTube. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's true. So yeah. So I'm not doing that. I did start a reacher on Amazon prime and thankfully Tom Cruise is not in this one. Uh, I know. So it's basically, he's a military police officer. He's retired and he's just like shows up in town and Nobody knows why he's there. And he's just like this, he has like all these medals, this military background, heavy military mm-hmm. background. So he's there to help figure out a slew of uh, dead bodies and, and what's happening. So it's like a thriller slash, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to call it. It's based on books by Lee Child. Mm-hmm. And here's the weird thing. So I recently read a book where Lee Child is referenced. And then I turned around and all of a sudden I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just read about this. No (laughs) way. It was really cool. So speaking of which, get this. Mm -hmm. I finished, I hit my target, my second deadline for Mm -hmm. the book that I was working on. So I actually had time to read. No. Yes. Hasn't it been months since you've been able to read? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it felt like it for sure. Mm -hmm. It has been a very long time. Or reading words that were not written by you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That doesn't include editing my own shit. Like mm-hmm. actual words. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I read Carson Tate's latest. That's actually out today. It's called Perilous Obsession. Mm-hmm. So if you like a thriller with some intrigue and lesbian leads, then pick up the book. She's really, I mean, is anyone else writing that kind of thing? Because I feel like she's really cornered that market. Like there's her, um, there's a little bit of Radcliffe when she BK writes Powell. the honor series. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just within my publishing house. I'm sure that there's a lot more out there that I'm just not aware of. Oh, I think there um, might be a bit with, I think Claire McNabb maybe has done a bit of that with Bella, if I recall correctly, but I haven't read any of it. So I might be recalling very incorrectly. I'm not, <laughs> not confident. We'll just go with it. <laughs> oh, and oh. Cheryl Head hmm, writes Cheryl Head, yeah. Lesbian Mysteries for Bywater Books and Anne Aptaker. Is that how you say her last name? I can't you remember. Know, I feel so I, bad. I, I spoke to I know, her once I on my say whole podcast. Her, but I think you're right. Aptaker is right. Because I always, mis- I, and I always mispronounce people's names and I don't mean to. Yeah. It's just, it's no. the way I learned how to, how to, you know, read words. And it's In just, Germany? Right. That, yes. I mean, it's, English is my second language. I tell people this all the time. German is my first language. So I have learned a whole different way to read. It's a different way. And so. Yeah. yeah my, Do you still yeah. speak German with your mom at all? Naturally. All right. Yes, I do all the time. She yells at me all the time in German. <laughs> so do you yell back in German? <laughs> I don't yell back. Are you snarky in German? Yes, I'm snarky and I do get back. To, I, I, you know, but she's my mom. You know, I can't, yeah. I can only yell so much. And she knows That's it's true. a playful yell. It's playful. Absolutely. I haven't been mad at my mom in years. I know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so here's something that you just found out about me. Mm hmm. 
I did. It's true. I'm still kind of surprised if I'm being honest. I've had like 12 minutes to deal with this information and I'm just not used to it yet. <laughs> I know. So I secretly play games on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we all, we all talk about Wordle. I mean, that's like, that's nothing. And oh. we've done like, I've done Razzle and I've done Words with Friends mm-hmm. and nobody likes to play with me. And <laughs> it's just but- like with my mom, because my mom loves Words with Friends and she's real good at it and is kind of a pain in the ass about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I, I haven't played that in a while though. Cause I, I took yeah. it off my phone because it was just like, so I became obsessive about it. So yeah. I had to take it off my phone, but a game that I do play every day is tune blast. And I'm on like level 4,570, which means you level. have been playing for a <laughs> while, like to get to the level for a while. Yes. I'm looking at this. I've never and- even heard of this. The reason why I got so pissed, because on the weekends, I'm on level 4609. The weekends are tournaments and you, your team goes into tournament mode and you play and you get as many uh, stars as you can as a group. There's 50 of you. Mm-hmm. And I stuck with this one team forever, literally forever. And they just sucked it so bad. I finally had to, I had oh, to no. fail. So like I have been on probably maybe six teams since I started playing this People will kick you off if you do not meet a certain star requirements over the weekend. They will kick you off your team. Off the what? Team. They'll just yeah. They are some like crazy like not crazy but just like really like vigilant people that play this all the time. They play it from you know the minute the tournament starts on Friday up until the, the time it ends. And if you don't have a certain amount of stars that you've contributed to the team, you're off. So I have been kicked off because you know I do right. I have other yeah. Things you have to a life. My life. <laughs> Uh, so I joined this other team, but since I joined it on the weekend that I don't get I, my, my stars don't count until the next, next weekend, because I don't want you like hopping. Cause you get extra mm-hmm. like coins that you can buy extra things with. And so anyway, so yeah, so secretly I'm a gamer, but it's like such a nerd game. That's not really interactive <laughs> other than the weekend that I was afraid to tell everybody, but I will not be game shamed anymore. I am a tomb blaster. I feel like you have been shaming yourself <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> you are yelling about this i know i am supportive of your phone ga- i mean i get super sucked into the occasional phone game i haven't stuck with anyone for as long as you must have stuck with this one but i would you know like merge dragons is one that i got into for a while my kids last weekend got me into this one called cookie run kingdom and now like i'm more obsessed with it than they are and i might just have to take it off my phone because it's yes that's what i had to do with words with friends i had to take it off my phone mm-hmm. it's a discipline thing because it's like i have no discipline it's like oh i've got more games to play oh blah, yeah blah. so yeah. yeah over the weekend i had an edible and was like pretty baked and was switching <laughs> back and forth between like that on my phone and then a game that i had up on my nintendo switch and neil was like Oh, you're such a degenerate. <laughs> it was, it was I not. have games. I have games to play. You do. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been uh, watching and reading this time. What about you, Tara? What are you reading? Reading, writing, playing, watching, watching. Gaming, playing, all the right. things. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, of course, I continue on my ride or die relationship with Drag Race, although. My favorite queen has had to leave Drag Race season 14. Why? She injured herself. She Mm. got an injury, and so she had to leave. 
And this happened with Drag Race UK, and I'm hoping that it's not going to end up being a weird, boring season like the last season of Drag Race UK used to be. There's still some really strong queens there, so I think it has it still has the potential to be a good season. But I'm just kind of reserving judgment now. I've gone from like actively excited about the season to I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But they've also since the last episode, they've also started. It's kind of like an international version of All Stars, and it's called Drag Race UK versus the World. Cool. And so they've brought back three former UK queens. I think it might just be two of the Americans. One of them is Jujube. She's been on All Stars twice. She was on her season once. And like now there's just all these memes and jokes about how she'll show up for anything Drag Race. (laughs) Like, let's keep bringing her back. So funny. Like, just RuPaul crashing. What was it? The, um, have you ever seen the meme where it's like somebody opens the door and it's just like all, halfway up the door, there was snow and then a cat bounds through the snow. And so it was a meme of that where it was supposed to be like RuPaul announcing another series and Jujube <laughs> showing up to be a part of it. Uh-huh. A couple of the Canadian queens from the first uh, season of Canada's Drag Race, they had one from Holland and one from Thailand. But the cool thing about the one from Thailand is that she had never competed because she was the host. Like she was one of the judges. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure about host. I never watched the series, but like she'd only ever been a judge on Thailand's drag race. And so everybody's like, are you nervous? You've never had to compete before. She fucking crushed that first episode was so good. Like so polished, so talented. So I'm super excited about that one. I am still watching Queer Eye. I am in season three, which means they're in your city, Kansas City. So you get to see my town, my people, my town. I do. But and as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I wonder if Chris will take me to this place. (laughs) Only will. (laughs) Come on over. Come on over. It looks like a fun, like it it just looks like a really cool, fun place. And it is very small. But there are a lot of things to do, you know, yeah. for sure. I had a couple of my friends came in from out of town. They were in California and they came here to stay the weekend. And mm-hmm. like after, you know, it just kind of drove them around. They're like, okay, so, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're from San Francisco. I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. Okay. This is my little town. <laughs> that sounds kind of like Calgary, if I'm being honest. And at least you all have barbecue because we, we have barbecue don't there was one place that did kansas style barbecue actually they did a few different they offered a few different styles and it was really good and sadly it closed and i haven't forgiven the property owners for hiking the rent on that restaurant i will 100 so percent. you come here and i will take you to the real barbecue places that's what i want yeah i will give yeah. you the real places yeah yeah <laughs> that is what i want yes. <laughs> And it's good. I like this season. There's some like really great, lovely episodes. None of them have made me cry so far, but it's only been three. So there is still time. (laughs) I find with Queer Eye that either I don't cry at all and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Or you're bawling the whole time. Yeah, I am a wreck and I'm a shell of a human by the end (laughs) of it because I've cried out everything that I have. For sure. It's it's cathartic. I have to go go back and revisit the season because I watched it when it came out that was you know years ago so I need to go back and watch it again and I'll be I'll I'll take notes and I'll say yes we'll go here no we won't go here (laughs) so I got you hooray 
I started a new game on my switch called Nosia G N O S I A. And it's basically an infiltrator game or the, which like the most famous infiltrator game. Have you ever heard of among us? No, really? It's like a scary movie, but no, it does. It does sound like a scary movie. It's actually not a scary game at all. So it's a sort of similar premise, but a lot more complicated and definitely not like a multiplayer thing where you're playing with a bunch of random strangers. Mm -hmm. You're just, you're just playing the game. But the idea is that like you wake up from a cold sleep and you are on a spaceship and there's the rest of the crew there and two members or however many, once you get further into the game, you can determine how many are each role, but like two of the crew members have been infected by this like space virus that turns people into murderers. And you have to collectively with the rest of the crewmates decide who you're going to put into a cold sleep because when they're in that state, then the Nosia can't murder people. And so it's this like investigative, you're trying to persuade people. The art is super gorgeous. Yeah. I'm looking at images now from it. It really is. beautiful. I love the art so much. And the writing is kind of twisty and interesting. And it's one that like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that like it's a specifically queer game as and you can go in and have romances and that kind of thing. But like there are non-binary characters. And to me, like the visual aesthetic just feels kind of queer and the the design of some of the characters. But that's been kind of a fun one to get into. I can report back later how it pays off, but I'm really enjoying it for now. And the last thing is I am reading Count Your Lucky Stars by Alexandria Belfler. It is the third in her series following Written in the Stars and Hang the Moon. And I have been so freaking excited about this book because Margot gets her own book. Yay, Margot. Right? She is a really prominent side character in Written in the Stars. It's about an actuary who gets together with an astrologer. And the astrologer has an astrology app with a business partner. Margot is the business partner, the other half of this astrology app. And it is a second chance friends to lovers. She reconnects with her childhood best friend. They had been like super, super close all their lives. Her best friend had had this like on again, off again thing with a boyfriend. And when she was off at one point, they had this like one really intense, highly sexual romantic thing going on. And then this boyfriend shows back up in her life. And that was kind of it. And they drift apart. But now they're brought back together in the present 10 years later. You know, a divorce has happened. Mm. This friend, ha- there's like water damage in her apartment or something like that. And she needs somewhere to live. And Margot just happens to have space. And so there's some forced proximity. Here, right next to my bed. Mm. <laughs> there's more space. Exactly. So far, it's super cute. And I'm really enjoying it. So, I mean, if anybody has read either of the other two books in the series and enjoyed it, I definitely recommend picking it up. It's cute. It's fun. It's flirty. It's a fabulous hideaway from all the bullshit of the world. I, I'm, I'm finding hey, it hey. perfect for that. Yeah, right? We all need a little hey, bit. Hey, we do. <laughs> so, Chris. Yes. It's that time. It is. What is your official recommendation? So, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I have had time to read. Uh, but now I'm back into writing. But anyway, oh. but before well. I did that, I know I read Jay's Gay Agenda by Jason June. 
And I know this book. I know. And you are going to fucking love it. You, oh, yeah. of all people, will love okay. it. Like the whole time I'm reading it, going, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> okay. So, but first, I have to read, read you a little biography about Jason June. Okay. Okay. Jason June. It's a two name, first name, like Mary Kate without the hyphen or the Olsen twin. This is like their biography. This is amazing. I'm already in love. <laughs> it gets better. It gets okay. better. Okay. Is a genderqueer writer mermaid. Yes. Still loving more. Who loves this is, this to great. create. Yeah. Who loves to create picture books that mix the flamboyantly wacky with the slightly dark and young adult contemporary rom-coms full of love and lust and hijinks. So they had me at genderqueer writer yep. mermaid. Yeah. For sure. I was in. I was in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll read you the blurb. Okay. There's one thing Jay Collier knows for sure. He's a statistical anomaly as the only out gay kid in a rural Washington town. Mm. While all of his friends can't stop talking about their heterosexual hookups and relationships, Jay can only dream of his own firsts, compiling a romance to-do list of all the things he hopes to one day experience, his gay agenda. Then, against all odds, Jay's family moves to Seattle, and he starts his senior year at a new high school with a thriving LGBTQIA plus community. For the first time ever, Jay feels like he's found where he truly belongs. But as Jay begins crossing items off his list, he'll soon be torn between his heart and his hormones, his old friends and his new ones. Because after all, life and love don't always go according to plan. This sounds adorable. It is so adorable. It really is. So Jay writes this Jay, this gay agenda, like, mm-hmm. and it has things like find a boyfriend, kiss a boyfriend, be the little spoon in a relationship. And it's all about him. You know, mm-hmm. my first kiss, my, the first time I see a penis in real life, um, <laughs> the first time I have sex, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's 17 and he turns 18 in the book. So the whole thing is about him. So when he moves to Seattle and he's, and things start working out for him, his agenda changes. And so he crosses off things that he either wanted to change on his original agenda or things that he's already accomplished from his agenda, because all of a sudden he's there surrounded by people who are just like him. Yeah. You know, he, he went from being the loner and, and, you know, nowhere Washington to being in Seattle, you know, the Mecca of mm-hmm. queerness. And so it's kind of cool because his, his gay agenda pops up throughout the book. Like I said, it changes as he's changing and growing and learning. And we just, we, it's just so, it's so refreshing to, to see the change in him so quickly. It's so nice, you know, cause most mm-hmm. of the time, you know, we have the hide, stay in the closet, but no, this was like embrace your queerness. And like his best friend in Seattle is Max and Max is in my head is Jonathan Van Ness speaking of queer. Eye. Oh. And that is who it is. I picture Jonathan. The whole time, like yes. the, the very first time that they introduced themselves to Jay, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's all queers can relate to this, you know, even yeah. being a lesbian, I could totally relate to the, you know, the, the whole, I want my first kiss with a girl, mm-hmm. you know, I want to pick out. It was just, it was so, it was so adorable and it was a learning experience for him and the way he meets his love interests or interest, I guess, mm-hmm. or maybe there's more than one, who knows. <laughs> Yeah. Because, you know, teenagers, we all remember what that was like. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was so cute. And and like you said earlier, we just need something that's just like so escapism. 
you know, yeah. this is kind of nice because it reminds you of like when you were young and going through this and going through the changes and you could just tell what was going to happen. You knew mm -hmm. what was going to happen because we've all been through it. So I recommend it just for, uh, I thought the writing was really good. The storytelling was great, but just as kind of like a, a remembrance of what it was like, you know, when we were queer, were, when we were queer, we still are. <laughs> when, <laughs> when we were, we young were queers. Baby yes. queer, babies. When we were baby queers. Babies. A little queers. How did queers. you find this book? You know, I was like, okay, I want to read something that's a little different because I read a lot of just lesbian romance. Mm -hmm. So I typed in popular uh, queer books of 2021. Oh, and this showed up and I was like, I read it and I was like, oh, this looks really cute. Yeah. And then I read the biography and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what was it again? <laughs> the genderqueer writer mermaid. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. Yes. So yeah. So I, I recommend it. it. I recommend it. Yeah. So cute. Enough about me. Mm -hmm. What about you? What is your official recommendation? I am going with one that I mentioned a while back that I was reading because I finished it and I loved it. And nice. it is the demon equilibrium by friend of the podcast, Kathy Pagel. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, how often do you get to read a book about lesbian demon hunters? First of all, let's just start there. Just lesbian demon well, hunters. Are you interested? I do know one. <laughs> yes. Katie <KB> Draper. <laughs> Right. She literally, yeah, writes this demon hunter stuff. There's really not many. Okay, right, so now we're up many. to two. We, you know, there's a hundred percent more. <laughs> That's true. Authors Thank you. Yes, hundred percent. I love that. Oh my god. Actually, I wonder if I wonder if Lise McTagg wrote one. I think she might have. Okay, so perhaps it's not a hundred percent, but like <laughs> it has been a significant increase in the number. <laughs> This is one where, so it's two, the two love interests, Grace Carter is what's called a magic source. And then Maggie is her catalyst. And what that means is that Grace has access to a buttload of magic, <laughs> but Maggie is the one that really helps her harness it so that together they can use it as kind of like a weapon for taking down demons. Maggie is also the love of Grace's life. And at the very beginning of the story, we actually see Grace has been searching for her for nine months. They've been forced to part. And when Grace finds Maggie, Maggie can't remember her. And she doesn't remember that the life they had together when they were brought together in, it's this like demon hunting organization, the Order of St. Teresa. And they were this like super strong, like they were paired together. And that was where they became basically like coworkers, but also lovers. And the one thing that's clear is that like their memories have been tampered with but they, do, they don't know why they don't know by whom they don't know what's up. And so Maggie kind of goes along with it and she trusts grace anyway, which is good because there's some really big shit that's going to happen. There's the demon horde that wants, you know, they're planning for an apocalypse. And so grace and Maggie kind of need to save everybody. The thing that's cool about this book it's told in two timelines. So there's 1897 when Grace and Maggie first meet, they begin their relationship. They learn how to use their magic. They become partners in both senses of the word. And then there's also 1903. We can call that the present. And that's, you know, when Grace finds Maggie again. And so it kind of goes back and forth until the story effectively like brings the two together. And then we just stick with what's happening in the present. The thing that I found is that this is very much a plot driven story. I find that in Lesfic because, you know, we often 
lesbian often equals lesbian romance to most people. And so we tend to expect, you know, often just straight up romance novels or whatever, but those are often character driven. And this is, there is character growth, but I would say it's, it is much more plot driven than character driven. And so the thing that's kind of heartbreaking and lovely all at the same time is because Maggie doesn't remember grace. She actually has to like, she has to fall in love with her all over again. And so we see them kind of fall in love twice in a sense. Although the second time grace still loves Maggie and she's loved her all along. And for me, that was some of the most just like, it's so like, it's so sweet and it's so, yeah, it's so romantic and so heartbreaking, but like she loves Maggie so much and doesn't want to push her too far. And so it's that just like patiently waiting and demonstrating what an incredible person she is so that Maggie can't help, but fall in love with her. It's just wonderful. Can I say that? How cool would it be if you broke up with somebody and after nine months, you totally forgot. About them. <laughs> I'm just you saying know, the world would be happier uh-huh. if, if like all of your exes, you forgot about them after nine months. That would be nice. Except in this case, they were forced apart and didn't break up. They didn't want to be separated. So that's the well, part yeah. that sucks. But yeah, I mean, if that could happen. Whew. Also, Ooh. could you imagine how much money could be made off of that business? Yes, for sure. Like erase that person from your and I know there's like a ton of sci-fi movies that do that where they come in and oh yeah like eternal sunshine like there's a yeah eternal sunshine is one even uh what am i thinking of with uh arnold the mars one total recall total recall oh i never saw that oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yet again chris mentions a very famous movie (laughs) that i have not seen yep so but yeah that that would be that would be that would be amazing Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Would do it. But anyway, I interrupted you. Please. That's continue. okay. No, I think that's a good point. I agree with it. Let's figure out how to monetize that. Okay. Because <laughs> then we could quit our day jobs and uh, do this all the time. All the time. That's how you end up with weekly episodes, people. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I had a lot of fun with this one. The world building worked for me. The magic system I thought was was pretty interesting, especially that idea of, needing two people to harness the magic and to make it yeah. work. I thought that was something I hadn't quite seen before. The setting also worked. It felt kind of westerny to me in parts like part of the book takes place in New York, part of the book takes place in Wyoming. So it felt a little wow. more yeah. westerny with it being in Wyoming. So yeah, like if you are interested in the idea of, you know, 20th century America, like turn of the 20th century America, but like demons and demon hunters and lesbian demon hunters. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. Go for it. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun. And there is a really strong mystery involved as well, because oh. there is that question. Why were they separated? Who right. separated them? Who decided to mess with their memories? what was there to gain. And so it's kind of one of those books that it's hard to put. You can't put it easily into one genre box because it has romance. It has mystery. It has paranormal. It has historical. Also, if you like those books where there's a little bit of everything, this is the one. That's it. I said, go get it. Good. That is all for this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. If you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You get notified whenever we release an episode. 
And like I said earlier, if you have a friend who you think would like a show, please let them know, or you can support us through the Kofi link in the show notes. Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media site, just reach out to Greatly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at podcast at greatlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. He's to, <laughs> okay, I'm starting this over. Okay. There's, there's one thing that, fuck. <laughs> like I'm drunk and I'm not. Do you want, do you want me to read the blurb? <laughs> no, I think I could do this. There's one thing Jay Collier knows for sure. He's just, he's a, just <laughs> forget it. So, uh, okay. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I can't hear you now. Did you hit a mute button? <gasps> I did. You did hit a mute button. Was that so that I can't hear about how snarky <laughs> you are? To, did God decide to step in and say, don't shit? Apparently I've been censored. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I got so excited that I sat on my little controller on my headset, my gaming oops. headset that I use. Yeah. <laughs> that was oops. So, um,